You're listening to After Bedtime with Patty and Matty. On this episode, Patty and Matty will be discussing peculiar animals. And now, here's Patty and Matty. Live from a building we found unlocked, it's Patty and Matty. Hey, what's up guys? This is Patty. And this is Matty. And today we're going to be talking about weird animals. Let's get to it. And we got our sound guy, Nick, over here. And first, we're going to be starting out with his thing. So, Jamie, what you got? Alright, so today I'm going to be telling you about this animal that's my spirit animal, which is a vine that recites v- lines from vines. Alright, so now I'm going to play a few audio clips that I recorded of this vine. Alright. I have crippling depression. So those are some vines that it's been reciting, and I actually have a vine here today. It is Wednesday, my dudes. So do you idiots have any questions for the vine? Hey there, vine. Hi, welcome to Chili's. What's your favorite animal? I like turtles. What's your favorite food? Do you have a favorite pickup line? So, Vine, what's your reaction to the Amazon rainforest burning? Well, thanks for coming in. Bye, Felicia. Let's introduce our two experts. We got Michael. Hey, guys. And Peter. Howdy. And we're st- we'll start out with you, Peter. What's What animal do you study? Um, I'm here to talk about a fish that is allergic to water. That's messed up. So... What what makes these fish allergic to water? Science. I know literally, but technically? Alright, so technically, um, some people in some country, I don't know, it's not important, are dumping salt into the ocean, and the salt is making the water salty. I don't know if you've heard of salt water before, but it's really bad. And so these fish are allergic to salt. So, like, what reactions do the fish have to the water? Nothing too bad, but they do sneeze a lot. And that's actually given these fish a big advantage out in the ocean because they have sneeze propulsion. Have you ever seen a crawdad swim backwards? It's just like that, but a huge fish. When they get in the water, they probably sound something like this. So I've got a question for you. So... How do these fish react to the uh, to contact with the water? Can they stay in the water for long, or what, what does it do to them? Good question. It actually makes their scales fall off. So they, ha- they leave like a bubble trail, but the bubbles are mixed with scales, and that actually is increasing because the more these fish swim around, it's increasing the speed of the boats because the scales are slippery. They are actually uh, go faster now. So do these fish uh, feel self-confident? I mean... Excuse me, self-conscious about their dandruff problem? I wouldn't call it dandruff, but, I I mean, do fish have personalities? I don't know. You're the expert. I'm just asking you. Yeah. I only pretend I know everything. Me too. Don't tell anyone. Well, it makes it easier for the fishermen after they catch them. Okay, so what happens during their life after they hatch? Well, uh... 
after they hatch. Three days later. Well, thanks for joining us, Peter, and now let's get to you, Michael. So, actually, we got a caller from Russia. Yeah, hello, this is me, Vladimir. I have escaped Gulag, and I'm talking about animal. Hi, Vladimir, nice to have you on again. So, what's your animal? I am talking about uh, Chernobyl Chupacabra. Oh, okay, uh, Chernobyl Juba Cabra, what is that? It is big animal from Chernobyl, you know, big explosion, boom, go boom. Yes. And it is long-necked, stupid-looking bear. <laughs> it have mermaid tail and big antlers. Uh, Vladimir, I've got a question. How? Boom. So are you saying that after the Chernobyl explosion, this thing just originated? It could have been bare inside the reactor. He might have caused explosion. So do you know what it was before it mutated? Probably worker. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I is this a dangerous animal by any chance? Oh, no, no. He would make cupcakes for you and serve them to you and... Then he will eat you. Are these uh, good pets? There is only one, and no. Here, I got one. Um, are these cupcakes good? Because if they're going to kill you afterward, they, they at least have to be good. He makes the most high-quality cupcakes ever created. You sound like you taught from experience. Yeah, have you seen this before? I have seen him serve cupcakes to Gulag friends. So that reminds me, last time we talked to you, didn't you, weren't you in a gulag? How did you escape? Uh, we challenged uh, Warden to full contact golf game. And we won. Well, it's nice to have you on again, Vladimir. I want to know how big is this animal? Well, he is about uh, two and a half feet tall, but he can eat whole seven foot man. I got one more question. What does this animal sound like? Have you ever heard a uh, frog being burned in fire? It sounds like that with horse screaming also. Here is audio recording of uh, my first encounter. Uh, I need to go now. Uh, I'm going to put on some X body spray so beast cannot track me. Alright, bye Vladimir, thanks for coming. We'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. And now we're back. Welcome back. Let's get back to you, Michael. Alright, so I'm here to uh, report my research. So I've been down in South Africa, and... Basically, I found a flock of birds that are socially awkward. You know the old saying, birds of a feather flock, to flock together? Well, these birds are featherless. So, that means that they're not good at flocking together. And because they can't flock together... So, so anyway, these birds, they're, they're real loners. They just they go off by themselves, and uh, yeah. 
that's, that's about it. Oh, I pardon my su- sudden accent. I, I I had to take medication before I came in here, and it, it has some some weird side effects. So, my apologies. Yeah, my dad had to take that before. Um, I have a question. Uh, can these birds fly? Well, these birds can fly in certain instances. For instance, they can fly down. Um, if they start up somewhere high, then they can fly down. But I've yet to see a bird, one of these featherless birds, fly up. Um, here's a question. Since these birds are featherless, what's their color? You know that really ugly crayon color? You know, the one that's considered skin color? They kind of look like that, but uglier. So how do these birds interact with each other since they're socially awkward? Well, that's a good question. And, well, they don't do it a whole lot. They stand by themselves a lot, which makes them very vulnerable to predators. And they just kind of stand by themselves. Um, They stand along the rim. So you know how introverts at a party stand along the wall? Well, these birds will stand along the edge of a pond and just kind of look around like they want to join in conversation, but they're too afraid to. I think it's because they don't have feathers and they're very self-conscious. But the thing is about these birds is that every now and then they'll get the confidence to go walk up to another bird and make conversation, and then they'll just duck their little bird head and then walk around the other, just walk off the other way. Much like a, uh, a 12-year-old boy asking his first crush for a dance and then getting completely crushed and rejected. It's kind of like that. It's very entertaining. Do these birds swim by any chance? Well, much like they're flying, they can swim down just great. But I've yet to see one swim up. Or sideways, or... Yeah. I hope that answers your question. Are these birds just stupid? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, these birds... I, you know, I mentioned they live near a pond, but they just kind of wade in the shallows and just kind of pick at the, the insects and stuff that live along the edges of the pond. But the dumber ones often go out towards the middle. You, you said earlier they're very vulnerable to predators, so... Are they going extinct? Yeah, pretty much. Um, there's, there's not much going for these birds at the moment. Can you eat them? I mean, these birds have to have a purpose. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could. Um, but what's, what's the point of... <laughs> um, but you see, the thing is, is, these birds, because they're so self-conscious, they just don't have any guts. So what's the point in eating them if there's really nothing to eat? You don't eat the guts. Have I been eating the wrong thing this whole time? We need to talk about this off here. So how do the predators react when they see this awkward bird? Well, you know what's interesting is we can actually tell you because I've been working with a team of scientists down in South Africa, and what they've done is they've created an animal thought translator that they managed to put around the neck of a lot of the predators. So this is what predators think when they see these birds. Bruh, look at this dude. Oh, wait till you see the... So yeah, that's that's pretty much what they think. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much it about these birds. Alright, thank you for sharing us about these show so- socially awkward birds. Yeah, no problem. Okay, it looks like we got another caller, so here's our caller. <laughs> yes, I am vegan! I do not eat animal products. Do you know what they put in milk and cheese? Do you know what they do to those animals? 
Yes, yes, just chill out, bro. Um. XD. What kind of animal are you here to talk about? Oh, so, like, I'm here to talk about, you know how, you know what we tree huggers do. We like to embrace the trees. Okay, hold on. Okay. You like you know how like we like to embrace the trees as vegans. But they never hug back. Well, just recently, me and a few few friends of mine discovered a tree that actually hugs back, but unfortunately, I can't bring them here today cuz well, the trees sort of squeeze the life out of them. Wait, you have friends? Yes, in the vegan support group. <clears throat> Alright, so tell us more about this tree. This tree tends to be more in like, I would say foresty areas. Not really just in like your backyard or in a jungle. We were, we were, walk, we were in a camping trip. We were just kind of walking along. We were like, hey, that's a pretty tree. We should hug it. We should embrace life. So we went over and hugged the tree. But I quickly backed up because I was like, hmm, something seems different about this tree. The tree hugged him all back. I'm like, man, I should have been on this. But then, he never let go. So I was like, trees probably just love, love to hug back. So I came back the next day. They were gone. Do you think, by gone, do you mean they escaped? Or by gone, do you mean they were, they were kind of gone? They were dead. Oh, well, lay it out there. We don't like to say dead. We say they have passed. Or they are most definitely deceased. Did the tree make any noises when he killed them? Well, here's kind of what my friend said before he died. He was all like, man, dude, this tree's like totally hugging back. And then I heard the sound like... <laughs> that I didn't hear from him since, so... So can you describe what this tree looks like? How tall is it? What, are, what did its branches look like? Is it low to the ground? Is it tall? Can, can you give us a description? It's not, su it's not a super tall tree, but at the same time, it's not a very short one. It's kind of in, in the middle. It's got really long branches and very flexible, like you couldn't climb it, but you could definitely hug it. It wasn't a very wide tree. It was just the perfect length. So this is somewhat similar to a whomping willow, per se. Oh, no, not at all. <clears throat> whomping willow just hit you. It does not embrace life and love. So this is like the, uh, the <clears throat> python of trees, then. Precisely. Um, I have a question. How do these trees change with the season? They tend to be a little more vicious throughout the summer, because that's when they like... You know, for some reason, they, they just tend to grab more in the summer. But during the winter, you actually have to embrace them. Sometimes during the summer, when you're walking near them, they'll just kind of like grab you in themselves, because they just want the love. During the winter... They wait, because they're a little more patient, because they've had plenty of people over the summer. So what are your feelings to these trees? You haven't really said if you hate them or not. Do you, like, they kind of have the same cause you do, embracing life. So do you agree with them and think that it's okay for them to squeeze the life out of your friends? Personally, I wouldn't hug it just because I saw people die. But I don't think we should get rid of them. I mean, it's a tree. A tree is a tree. They have to be there. Trees are people too. I got a question. Do people still hug the trees when they know they're dangerous? The hugging trees specifically or any trees? 
the hugging tree. For some reason, some of them just do it regardless. I think it's just they love life a little too much. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Now, I gotta catch you later. My tofu's just came in the mail. Well, that's all the time we got. See you guys later. This is Patty. And this is Patty. Don't forget to subscribe and comment your ideas below. And if you have any questions, also comment those. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at um, After Bedtime Official. See you guys later.